You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you here. Another primetime matchup away to the Colts. Three in four games. We're in the middle of this stretch. Had Monday night last week against the Steelers. Dallas on Sunday night. And then another Monday night coming uh, the day after Christmas, December 26th. Can't get enough primetime. That's right. Put the Colts in primetime. I, I think that the schedule makers were hoping that they would be uh, slightly more competitive. Uh, we all? Yes, at this point in the season. And these games would matter a little bit more. Uh, but nevertheless, um, they're not going to get... That, that was a thing also got about getting flexed out of perhaps of the, uh, the Sunday night game uh, for a little bit. But... From my perspective, and I think we talked about this, chap, like taking the Cowboys out of primetime. It's got nothing to do with competitiveness of the game. It's no. Dallas. Who's going to watch? And, and so that was highly unlikely to ever happen. And the, the NFL is not flexing out Monday night games this year. I think they're doing that in the future, though. They're planning to do that. I think well, that's even starting. Be a, is it 12 days in advance? I don't know what it is. Because you, you've got to give fans a chance to. Right, exactly. Like for Rearrange your plans. Right, which is. Like re- redoing that, all that to say, that's a big thing. It is like Monday night games is flexing them out's a big deal, and and also we're we're still waiting for the NFL to say when the Colts are playing on December seventeenth or eighteenth. I complain here because I'm going to that game and I need to book travel. I need to get a plane. I need to get a hotel. And right now I'm just like well, so, in limbo. So now, now the NFL now that the NFL knows that you're flustered. Yeah, they, they will announce it. So they, they better exactly. Ho- hopefully by the time this podcast is posted later today, it, it'll it'll be. A, a moot point, but but for the love, I, I know that that's all already going to be be a uh, uh, not a cheap uh, travel week to uh, to mi- Minnesota. I just want to know it's when. It's never where. cheap to Minnesota. No, it's not, for whatever reason, like and they're they're a big Delta hub up there, huge. Because I know that because when I lived out in Montana, I would always fly back home to Philly through. Uh, through Minneapolis, like every time, that's what it was. Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minneapolis. So, uh, but but for some reason, from here, it's it's not exactly. The, excuse me, the most common uh, thread. Like I've looked at flights already. It's like going through Austin or something like that to, to get up there. Like, like ridiculous. You well, just hate you hate to go south to go north. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're 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 two minutes into the podcast. I've already gone on a horrible tangent. So 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 we're well off to a fantastic start. But we will shift our focus to the Dallas Cowboys as the Colts take on uh, the uh, the boys in, on Sunday night football in Big D. We'll have an injury update, keys to the game. We'll make predictions. But first, uh, a, a light news week for, for the Colts in particular. Um, but and that, That's a good thing. Exactly. We'll really take is. that at this time of the year. Uh, but uh, the, the one thing that is uh, perhaps most relevant is that Pro Bowl voting is now open, and uh, no Colts right now are leaders in the AFC in their position, to the surprise of no one, I guess, based on uh, what has se- happened. seven last year? They had seven Pro Bowl players, and uh, we saw what that got them, to be fair. Um, and this year they have no Pro Bowl players, according to the vote at least. But I think there are some that, that absolutely deserve uh, at least the, the, uh, the, the recognition or at least the chance. And, and, and for me, it starts in the defensive interior because that's where it starts on this team. It starts with Grover Stewart and it starts with DeForest Buckner. Those two guys have been really, really good. And Yannick Ngakwe is up to eight and a half sacks. That's nothing to sneeze at either. So another year, I know we talked about this a lot in the offseason, was about uh, every year Ngakwe's had eight-plus sacks in his career, and that was only matched by uh, another, like, three guys or something like that. Coming I think this five year. guys. He's, yeah. Yeah, I think he's one of five. Or uh-huh. 
So, so yeah, like I, I think it starts with those three. And you can make a case for Gilmore. You can make a case for Zaire Franklin, who's leading the NFL in tackles. Um, but he's done nothing flashy, so I understand why he's like maybe not quite as high up that list. But, but for me, I, I can't find anyone on offense to give it to. As much as Quentin Nelson is, has the clout, as much as Ryan Kelly has the clout in the past uh, of being up 43 there. 43 sacks. Exactly. You, you just bottom can't. quartile in The bottom rushing. quartile of the lowest quartile. of Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I, I don't think, from, from my perspective, nobody on offense really deserves the honor. But, Chap, does anybody in particular stick out to you on, on the defensive side? You're like, hey, this guy should probably be in this if, conversation. If I had to, to rank him, seed him, I would say Buckner, as far as likely to get it. Right. Buckner and then Gilmore. Grover deserves it. But but he's a nose tackle, and they just don't generally get it because of all the three technique guys. Right. Uh, Zaire would be a great story, but you know, leading the league in tackles, but you don't have the pop stats. Probably not. I, I would think maybe Buck and maybe go more. In Gakwe, I I think that boy, you hate to criticize the guy with eight and a half sacks. Right. I think at the end of the season, his stats are going to be more impressive than what you feel his season was, maybe. Uh, maybe he's going to really crank it the last five games. But I, I, I would hook my wagon to, to uh, Buck and Gilmore. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, Ngakwe, I can't believe he has eight and a half sacks. Right. It's, it's, the numbers are bigger than the actual impact he's had on the field. Uh, a lot of them have kind of come when – no one was blocking him. It's not like he just straight beat his man. Oh, my gosh. How about that one last week? Like, it looked like he nice stopped. Bro- nice blocking scheme. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 to be fair, it looked like some of the Colts blocking schemes from earlier this year. But he, like, stopped on the way to the quarterback. You could tell, like, hit. there was a hitch in his giddy. Are they like, going to throw behind me or exactly. what? Exactly. It was like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. We'll see what happens. And he got the sack. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think Grover deserves it. Buck, Gilmore. I mean, Quinton has been playing a lot better as of late. He wasn't up to his standards at the beginning of the year, and he might get in just based on name recognition. Um, if, if, in all fairness, if Quinton gets in, then it is totally name recognition yes. on the Pro Bowl. It's, a lot of times you make it, you don't make it, you know, maybe a year or two after you deserved it, yeah. and you and you get it a couple of years after you don't. That wouldn't be, you know, you take it. But that wouldn't be a really a positive thing, and that especially happens for guards or offensive Correct. linemen in general. So yeah, but uh, other than that, I mean, there's no uh, maybe Jonathan Taylor's another one of those guys who ends up being the third running back based on name recognition, and uh, he's probably going to get to a thousand yards again this year. So his stats, I don't think, are going to be bad enough to keep him out of fan consideration. It'll be Henry and and Chubb. Exactly. Uh, Josh Jacobs and leads Jacobs, the yeah, NFL there. in rushing right Good now. Point. So between those three, maybe Taylor doesn't get in. I guess it also depends on who goes uh, and plays the in the Bowl. Super Bowl yeah. this year. Maybe the Texans, I'm not Texans, the Titans, excuse me, make it all the way to the Super Bowl. And uh, then Derrick Henry uh, has to miss it, and Jonathan Taylor sneaks in there. The last possible second. I'd rather say. the Titans don't go to the Super Bowl. I, I'm sure you would. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you wouldn't. And most Colts fans would, would very much agree with you. You can vote uh, for Colts if you uh, deem them worthy at NFL.com front slash Pro Bowl games. What does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network can now access, has access, excuse me, to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at HancockRegional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. 
it was bound to happen eventually. I was going to screw up that read at some point. And, and we, if, if you had uh, December, if you had December 1st on your, uh, on your bingo card, you win. So congratulations. No, where I screwed it up pretty bad the week you had to miss. Oh, nice. Read it for the first uh, time. Uh, oh, Hancock. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. So anyway, here we are as the Colts take on the Cowboys Sunday night football this week. Uh, one day shorter preparation than usual. The Colts just had a walkthrough on Wednesday instead of their usual practice. Um, so that's really the main difference. Um, asked Jeff Saturday about it on Wednesday, and he said that it's nothing too significant. Tuesday's just a really long day uh, in the office, which most days for coaches, to be fair, are, are long days. But uh, the day of a short week, uh, Tuesday, coming off of a Monday night football game is just in particular a long day, You're kind of rehashing what happened and really setting the stage for what's to come next. You had some of the coaching staff last week maybe spend a day or two uh, looking ahead so that you're not too far behind because you had an extra day, of course, last week before Monday Night Football. But nevertheless, uh, it is uh, at least one day shorter on the week for, for both teams. Uh, no, 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 excuse me, for both teams, just for the Colts uh, on this Monday night, for, uh, Monday night to Sunday night. But uh, the injury report uh, right now, Kenny Moore has an ankle injury, did not participate in Wednesday's practice, saw him uh, shuffling around the locker room in a, uh, what's it called, on a little scooter. He's apparently James Boyd of the Athletic had that he scooted out to practice today. Okay, with a cast on his right ankle. Well, that would uh, sound. Now, whether uh, it was a you know the the old cast cast or the the boot, the, the I air don't cast know. or the boot. Yeah, it looked like just a, a little boot yesterday uh, to me. It didn't look he's like a cast play. cast. But yeah, 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 Kenny Moore will be very unlikely to to suit up. Um, so that means it'd probably be Tony Brown again in this. Slot. Yep, probably Tony Brown. Um, and then also Jelani Woods did not participate on Wednesday. Um, these are walkthrough. Again, these guys did not participate in a walkthrough. Woods has a shorter or a quad. And then wide receiver Kiki Kuti. Uh, Joel Erickson of the Star says no Jelani Woods out there again today. Mm-hmm. Thursday, um, of course, as we take Thursday, this Thursday, yes. yes. And then uh, he also says no Braden Smith out there either. He had the ba- was it a back last week? I thought it was, yeah. I think that's right. So I tell you, and, and as much as we've harped on the offensive line, Braden's that was turned probably Braden's best game. Yeah, against T.J. Watt. I, he, I'm he, right there with you. I, I heard Derek Watt more than I heard T.J. Watt. Right? So, and also, I've probably been more critical of Bernhard Ryman than maybe I should. He had the bad play at the end, and I guess there were circumstances on, on the Alec Highsmith sack where he thought they were running a different play. There was a miscommunication. He was graded, if whatever you talk of pro football focus, he was the highest rated Colt lineman on a very good game by how they graded it. He was like an 80, mid 80s. That's great. And he was uh, one of the highest graded players of the week. Yeah. Like the, pro- and the problem is you play left tackle, and if you have a bad play, right. and, and that's when it is, that's all people remember. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by all accounts, he is making strides. And as we great. talked about, they're going. They, they've got to go with him. Yep. You've got to know at the end of the season, is he a left tackle? Is he maybe a right guard? You, you've got to know what you've got, and the only way to do it is to play. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, what stuck out about Braden is for the second week in a row, he had a le- illegal man downfield penalty as well. You, 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 you got to stop. You, you got to stop. You just going. sort of lean. I mean, I don't know. I, I, like it's it's just frustrating that it happened two weeks in a row. Because, so. you know, the holding penalties, sometimes are going to happen because sometimes a guy beats you and you got to grab right. it. Right. Downfield is just, you know, what are you doing? I think it's – if sometimes, you know, it's a mental lapse. Like, you just go a little bit too soon. Sometimes if there's a hitch in the plans in the backfield, you know, if the quarterback has to evade a little right. rush before he throws it out, then the timing of the play is off. 
but but it's something that it's just it's a just a slight red flag that it's happening two it's weeks. Twice in a row. it's happened to him, and maybe three times on the offensive line. Yeah, so that that that's something that obviously can't continue. Limited participation in Wednesday's practice. Center Ryan Kelly with a knee and ankle. He showed up on the injury report often this year, but is always suited up to play. Mm-hmm. Defensive end, Ben Banigou, abdomen, limited participant. Full practice and practice on Wednesday. Kylan Granson, who was sick last week, and a quitty pay. So great news to have Quiddy back with his ankle injury. Full practice on Wednesday. They're both out there again Thursday. We were, right. we were in the locker room and he was suiting up. So mm-hmm. I think because apparently he had, well, he was questionable for the game. He was. And that's with not practicing. Right. Last week. So I think there's a decent chance that Quiddy's out there. And we just talked – this defense has got to get a pass rush. It's got to get a pass rush. It's, they've played pretty well, considering they have not had a consider. You know, Ngakwe gets his two sacks. Was it the same series? It was on one series, and then it just goes away. Mm-hmm. And Pay, I'm not sure Quiddy's ever going to be that 13, 14, 15 sack guy. He's going to give you eight to ten, mm-hmm. and just be a good all-around player, and that's what they've been missing. He he, he reminds me a lot of uh, what's his name, um, Jabal Sheard. Yes, exactly, Jabal Sheard, but a better pass rusher, like slightly I agree. better. So thank you for I had the name on the tip. I've always thought Jabal Sheard was one of the more underappreciated guys they brought in. Here. Completely, just a quality player. Yep, and a quality guy, but just a solid. And if that if that's what you've got, it's not too bad. I, I no. think you need something with him, right? And moving forward, that may or may not be in Gawkway, but at least you've got that piece in place. We've kind of, during these days, we get in the press room and we're just talking. As and, we do. As we do. <laughs> like like a bunch of women in a, in a knitting thing. But but it's the, the one area, the, the, the one thing we harp on about the way this team's constructed and the way, you know, the GM, for all the really, really, really good things they've done, is they're still – had issues with the three prime positions, quarterback, uh, left tackle, and pass rush. Well, may- maybe Quiddy is going to help alleviate that one, the pass rush part of it, but the other two are glaring problems. Very much still out there uh, that have not been filled yet. Uh, ruled out for the Cowboys this week, Tyron Smith, their left tackle, uh, who is certainly a Pro Bowl-level player himself, uh, on injured reserve after tearing a hamstring back in August. So he's been out for uh, for this entire season. Also, cornerback Jordan Lewis on injured reserve after a Lisfrak injury in uh, week seven this year. Wednesday's practice for the Cowboys. Trayvon Diggs, their all-pro cornerback last year, did not practice due to an illness. Also, wide receiver Michael Gallup, an illness himself. So uh, the Cowboys perhaps have caught the same thing that's been going around the Colts locker room. Couple NFL, really. Heck, if it's the same thing that was going around my kid's daycare that my wife and I both got the other week, holy heck, it was less than fun. To, to have both for kids and for adults. So I, I, I feel for these guys. If it's that, that this exact same thing, whatever the heck it is, that's been going around limited participant in Wednesday's practice, Demarcus Lawrence with a foot injury, defensive end, uh, linebacker, Anthony Barr had a hamstring injury, limited participant, but he missed the last three games. Chances are pretty good. He returns this week, according to head coach, Mike McCarthy, uh, also safety, J Ron Kears with a uh, shoulder injury. And, uh, Michael Gehicken, uh, whatever, from Dallas Morning News uh, says that all appear on track to play. All three of those guys appear uh, on track to play on Sunday versus the Colts. So a, a relatively healthy team, but certainly going to keep our eyes on, on, on Diggs and Gallup because those are two players, especially Diggs, that are that are playmakers uh, on that on that Cowboys squad. 
Diggs is more important to the defense than Gallup is to the offense, but I'm not just going to throw him to the side. Uh, uh, he's probably the second or third wide receiver option uh, on that team. So um, follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone throughout the week for updates for both of these squads, illness uh, or sickness-wise or health-wise, and then we'll get to, get to Sunday and see how it all plays out. The Colts are 4-7-1. and one. They've lost five of their last six. They visit the Cowboys, who are 8-3, and three, part of the NFC beast this year. All four teams in the NFC would make the playoffs. NFC East would make the playoffs if, uh, if the season ended uh, today. You'd have the Eagles, obviously, who have the top record in the league, the Cowboys and the Giants, and then the, uh, the Commanders, who are on a tear right now playing really, really good football. Defense especially has helped them turn it around from early in the year. And all of them are, are above 500 and, and playoff caliber teams. The better they play, the worse the Colts draft pick gets. It's true. It's not, not, not a lie at all. Look for the lie. Can't find it. Sorry, uh, sorry, Chris Ballard. And uh, if Taylor Heineke keeps winning, there, there's no reason to put Carson Wentz back in. Uh, I, I, everyone knows that <laughs> I, I'm as big a Carson Wentz supporter as you have out there. And it, but if Heineke keeps winning, even though Carson started this uh, streak earlier this year, he was kind of on the, the front end of it. I think they won one or two with him before he got hurt, and then Heineke's taken over. So he won like five or six or six it's, or seven Yeah, or something crazy, something really, really good. So uh, not that his play has been spectacular, uh, but it, it's been good enough to win. So why, why mess with winning? That's what the Colts game was. Yep. Nothing spectacular, just enough to win. Yep. And don't, don't lose the game. Yep. Somebody make a big play at the end. Indianapolis' own Terry McLaurin made a big play at the end. And that was it. Uh, you're, you're looking for one player to make a big play in those games. And uh, the Colts have been on the wrong end of that more often we, than not. We can get into this. These last three home games, you, you, the defense, you really want to come to its defense, and they've played really well on this, that, and the other. The last three home games, they've had the Colts have had the fourth-quarter lead, mm -hmm. and the defense has yep. coughed, coughed it up. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can rationalize all you want, but it's been there for them. And Something is kind of, yeah, just – going down uh, downhill a little bit late. And I don't know if they're wearing down or w when you can't the, – the lack of takeaways and the lack of a pass rush makes it really hard mm -hmm. to finish games. And this game against the Steelers, I thought the run defense took a real step back, and especially in the first half it did. I don't know how much you guys talked about it. 30 some yards in the first half yeah, total. Yeah, not, not good. Not good at all. And well, like really with, with Najee Harris missing a good portion of the game. Yep. Yeah, it was. So, I, I mean, I talked to Zaire Franklin about it on, on Wednesday in the locker room. I asked him, like, what happened with the rush D? And he he, he explained rush defense as more more attitude than than anything else. Scheme is obviously important, but uh, in order to be su a successful and a good rush defense, you need to approach the game with the right attitude. And he thought that there were some things lacking that they corrected in the locker room, and they were better in the second half, which I agree. They were a better rush defense in the second half, but then the, the pass defense kind of uh, broke down a little bit here and there, and uh, Pittsburgh was able to find some, find some holes there, uh, whether, it was, uh, whether it was whoever. If it was uh, more often than not George Pickens, who showed why he's, he's a really good player and also showed why he's a rookie at some times, a couple of uh, uh, mistakes uh, But, but by those him. were at least two incidents of where – the good 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 defense gets beat by better offense. Yeah, it was. Because had really good coverage on a couple of those. He did, yeah. Like I, 
like I tweeted out, it's really popular to to rip on Faison for for whatever reason. And not for, not for that. No, not not for what he did on Sunday. I thought he had really good coverage and a couple of receivers made really good plays, um, especially the one on the sideline where he literally punched the ball as they're falling out of bounds and Pickens just held on to it. That was a really, really good play. Sometimes the offense wins. Exactly. And you just have to live with that. doesn't matter if it's Faison or Gilmore or Kenny Moore or – Champ Bailey out there. Right. It, d- it just doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, back to the game at hand. Off the rabbit hole. That, if, out of the if, rabbit if, hole. If we must. Rabbit trailing. Yes. Uh, 8.20 p.m. Sunday kickoff uh, this week for Sunday Night Football. Dallas has won four of their last five as the Colts have lost five of their last six. So two teams clearly going in opposite directions this season. For the Dallas offense, they are seventh in the league in scoring with 25 points per game, but that even that number is good enough, Joe. But it, it belittles what they have done after Cooper Rush took a seat back, took took a back seat to Dak Prescott returning as quarterback because they've scored nearly 29 points per game in the in, in the games that Prescott has started. So it, it's clear that since they got him back, as much as everybody was on the Cooper Rush train earlier this year as he was winning games. Uh, when when Dak Prescott is in, he adds another level to that offense. Yeah, I, to, I mean, there's a reason he was the starter in Dallas, and that's because he's better than Cooper Rush. He's probably, <laughs> I mean, a top, at very least, a top 12 quarterback very in the NFL. Very least, I think, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think anyone's arguing that he's elite, but he's a very good quarterback in this league. And the Cowboys really are, are, are um, spurred on by the rushing offense. So Dak can be part of that, but... Tony Pollard has been really, really good this year. He's, he's like the home run hitter. He is, because Zeke Elliott has been injured from time to time. And now Zeke's back uh, just the other week, and uh, and he he performed well in his return from injury. So you have a real legitimate two-headed monster at, at running back that can churn out yards, that can move down the field either slowly or, as, as you pointed out, Chap, quickly with, with some home runs from Pollard. Uh, but they're averaging 4.6 yards per carry. Uh, which is only 14th in the league, so that's halfway, you know, in, in the uh, like somewhere around the middle middle point of the NFL. But being seventh in rushing, they're so much higher. It means they commit to the run, number one, and also it means they get ahead and they run the football a lot more than a lot of other teams do. And uh, they're they're able to stay on the field. They're able to tire out opposing defenses. It's very much, and I wouldn't call it a complete old school offense, but it's a good offense. It's an efficient offense. I think that's the best way to describe it's it. That's what these guys want to be. Exactly. It, it is what the Colts want to be. And they don't have a Dak Prescott right now. Uh, they don't have a quarterback that's maybe not elite, but darn close to it. Really efficient. A guy that can make plays when called upon with his legs or with his arm late in he the game. He may not be elite, but you can win a championship with Dak yeah, Prescott. I agree. And it's not even I can't believe they won that championship with him. No, he's no. he's that good. Not at all. We should have Chris Hagan on the podcast to talk about his Mississippi State boy, Dak Prescott. No no greater fan of Dak in Indianapolis than our very own Chris Hagan. Uh, they also have the fourth fewest turnovers in the NFL, the Cowboys do. So they're holding on to the ball well. Their, uh, their 11 uh, turnovers are really good. And their offensive line, even though they're missing Tyron Smith, left tackle Joe, uh, has been performing really well this year in pass protection as well. Yeah, spent a first-round pick on a tackle, and uh, Tyron Smith went down. They went ahead and placed him in there, and he's held up pretty well. How about that? Uh, spending a first-round pick on a tackle, on a left tackle, and, and he put him in there. And Who would have thunk? I know, right? Uh, fewest sacks allowed this year, the Dallas uh, Cowboys, with 14 sacks given up in 11 games. So they're basically averaging a sack allowed per game. That's really, really good. Defense, 
as much as we've said good about their offense, the defense is what drives the bus for the Cowboys. And, and we've already said, or at least I've already said, that uh, a big reason why is the Cowboys' offense can stay on the field and it allows the defense to be rested. That helps a whole heck of a lot. Uh, they're second in points allowed this year, only giving up 17 points per game with the Colts who are averaging about 16, 17 points per game. There you go, right there on, right on the money. They're sixth in yards allowed per game, averaging just over 300. The top-ranked team against the pass, averaging less than 180 yards per game given up. They have the most sacks in the NFL, 45 of them in their 11 games. So they're averaging four sacks. I think the next game. closest team has like 37. Like they have the most sacks by yeah. a lot. And, and how many are the Colts giving up? A lot. 43. Hey, there you go. So, so once again, uh, another couple numbers there that are, that are right on right on par. Um, 19th in interceptions, only seven interceptions this year. Uh, 24th against the run. So they have a rush defense that does kind of give up some yards there. But again, teams fall behind and they pass more often. And so other teams don't uh, don't always stick with the run, or that's a strange thing because it if, is. If, if you're behind, you you you're, you're throwing the ball more. It is, but it just could be that it's so hard to throw against these guys because of the pass rush that you've got to stick with the run longer than than you would normally do. And they they're, they're okay in takeaways as well. They're in the top top third, the top quarter. Quartile of the league, they're seventh in the NFL. We have to quit using that word. We're never going to quit using that word ever, ever. We have to get it in each week. It's like my mention of Syracuse University every week. We got to sneak sneak it in there somehow. And uh, now Quartile has joined the ranks there. Is, is there a middle Quartile? There's not. Is there? <sighs> well, no, there's not. The quartile's four. Well, I guess there's a second Quartile and a third Quartile. There's not a middle though. Well, Quartile Quartile is, is four fourth. sections. So, so it's you fourth. can't. Then you don't have a middle of a four. Section. I guess technically you kind of do. The middle quartile tile would be the eight right in the middle. So it would be like uh, if so you'd be in the second quartile. It would be thirteen, fourteen. It would be like twelve, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. So that I know it's kind of it's it's the middle eight because there's. See, I, I blame Jim Mercy for all of this. I, I do. <laughs> I, I do as well. So I, I think I don't it's something th like that. I don't think you can have a middle quartile if you've got four sections. Okay. You can't be in the middle. Well, there, or there's two middle quartiles. No, we're not going there. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, we're, this is not a math podcast. We're, we're, we're not, we're not doing I don't know that. how sausage is made. Let's just stay Exactly. Yeah, here. this isn't rocket science here, guys. Players to watch for the Cowboys. We've already talked about Dak Prescott. In six games this year, he's uh, completing nearly 70% of his balls. Uh, 232 yards passing per game, has 10 touchdowns to six interceptions, and uh, also uh, 19 rushes for 71 yards and a touchdown. So um, there's uh, there's quarterbacks that, that can beat you, and he's certainly one of them. He's not always called on to do so, uh, but he can be really efficient, really, really an efficient quarterback. Not, not his biggest statistical season chap, but... Uh, a guy that you have to watch out for, you have to keep in the pocket, and uh, you can't let him beat you. You'd much rather have him make plays with his arm than his legs, and put it on the um, put put it on that to to win games against you. The numbers almost cry out that it's, he's a game manager, and he's not. The, the 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 way the team is is built and performing, that's what they need him to do. Uh, I don't have any question at all that if he had to go out there and throw for. 350 and four touchdowns, they can do it. They're just not forcing him or asking him to do that. So, I, again, I, it, it, it was kind of crazy how 
a portion of the media were, were on that Cooper rush, and is he the guy? And will Zach, will, will he ever get his position back? Are you crazy? Yeah. So I, I think he's really, really good. Yeah, me too. Uh, we've talked about the uh, the running backs. The as Joe puts it, thunder and lightning with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Uh, both of those guys are, are really solid, and Zeke is really good in the red zone this year with seven touchdowns, Joe, leading the team in spite of missing two games. Yeah, he's kind of the guy who can run you over. He doesn't have the breakaway speed that he used to or even the quickness or elusiveness that he used to, but he can still do a few things very well. He can pass block with the best of them, and he can run you over. And four yards per carry is nothing to, to be really excited about, but Tony Pollard, on the other hand, averaging better than five and a half yards per carry, is second in the NFL among running backs with 100 or more carries. Uh, also leads the team in rushing yards. He has eight total touchdowns and is averaging better than 10 yards per catch, 23 catches for 244 yards. So as Chap, as Chap talked about, really a home run hitter. He, if, you, if you're caught sleeping for a second, Pollard can beat you. Is he going to be a free agent at the end of the season? I believe so. I mean, that's it's earning something. And how much do you reinvest when you've already got Zeke? But exactly. he, he's, he's a guy that and you've already invested in Zeke that maybe you shouldn't have invested quite as much in Zeke. But, but that's the one again. I, I think Zeke is the one that that people look at. But Pollard is the one that if you give him if you give him that seam or he gets to the corner, he can run away from you. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the ball, the defense, it is Micah Parsons, second in the NFL with 12 sacks. I, I can't believe he's only got 12. I know. Right. Because. Every time you watch Cowboys highlights, it seems like he's in the backfield. number 11. He's everywhere, everywhere on the field. What an, a heck of a player. Uh, it, it's a unique, unique skill set, Joe. Who would you compare him to? He's not Robert Mathis, is he? No, I don't think so because he, do, he does a lot more. Like, he can play linebacker. He can drop back. Like he, he does some things that great linebackers do, like a Bobby Wagner, but then he does great things that like a, a Von Miller does on the edge. It's, it's, it's really, really impressive. Von bigger, isn't he? Yes, uh, yes. I, I just trying in my head, I'm just trying to think, he, and he reminds me of, and I can't think of anybody. I'm not sure. Like, I, I'm not going to compare anyone to Lawrence Taylor. I just, that, I just, his I'm, name jumped in my head, and I'm thinking, no. I, like, I, I just can't, I it, can't bring myself to like with to receivers, it. you take Jerry Rice out of the mix. Yeah. Then who? Yeah. Like, maybe Derek Thomas. Like, if you go maybe. back to Derek Thomas. Uh, like a Wilbur Marshall in his best years uh, in the mid-'80s with the Bears and the, uh, the, the then Redskins, where we're really good linebackers that could also get after the quarterback. So And they um, move him around, don't they? They do, I mean, yeah. They're, they're going to they're gonna say, okay, these are the – Weak links, which we know what you know where, where they're where they are with the Colts, and and they're just going to make you not be so weak at that spot. And they're going to test right guard, they're going to test left tackle. They are. We'll see how Braden is. I mean, I again, Braden had that back thing flare up. I think it was last week. I'm sure he'll mm -hmm. be. I'm guessing he'll be fine. Yeah. But they just they're going to stress you the entire game. I think if there's one player more recent that now that I'm really thinking about to compare him to, it might be Patrick Willis, even though. Um, Parsons rushes the quarterback more. I, I think that I think that that's a good a good a decent recent comparison at least. Just in my eyes, in my eyes. Demarcus Lawrence is a two-time Pro Bowler, has six sacks on this season. He was on the injury report, if I'm not uh, mistaken. There, let me think. Yeah, he was yeah, a he li foot. limited participant. He was one of the players that the uh, Dallas Morning News reporter said is uh, on track to play Sunday. So you got Lawrence somewhere. You got Parsons somewhere. Uh, I'll mention Dorrance uh, Armstrong also has eight sacks. There so. you go. Three players with six or more sacks uh, on that team. Uh, well, one must at eight, be one nice. 12. Yeah, it must be nice. But again, but again we look at back at the, the Pittsburgh game, and I thought the Colts offensive line, by and large, they did. 
Gave up three sacks. I think one of them was on Ryan, I thought. But and, and this was one of the better defensive fronts when you get Watt back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought they did a pretty good job, except for a couple of occasions, and those couple of occasions can burn you. Yeah, I think if you only give up three sacks against this Cowboys team, that's that's almost a win, if not a win, uh, you know? So when then there's that much talent on that side of the ball. And especially, as you said, Chap, if one of them is just on the quarterback for maybe holding it too long, you got to be happy with the offensive line if that's the effort that they can give yeah, you. They're, they're averaging more than three games. Yeah, so exactly. That'd they're, be a big win. Yeah. yeah. So are the Colts. Cornerback Trayvon Diggs led the NFL last year with 11 interceptions, only has three this year, which is still tops on the Cowboys. But um, he, he had a, a weird year last year where he had those 11 interceptions, but also the most yards given up in, in coverage by a quarterback. So he was really hit or miss. Feast or phantom. It was. This year he's better at, at, at that. And so he's like uh, water finding its level a little bit. Uh, like you learned last year. As a young cornerback, what you can do, what you can get away with, what you can't get away with, and uh, and also teams aren't quite throwing his way quite as quite as often. Uh, so uh, so he's he's still one of the one of the good ones out there, even though his um, his numbers aren't the uh, as as good as they were last year. So so those are kind of the players to watch, the big players to watch on uh, on both sides of the ball for the Cowboys. I, I just wrote my score down. Just okay, you so chap chap score is ready. Well, 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 after we'll get all, there. after all that you guys have talked about, I've, I've, we mentioned C.D. Lamb, right? Yes. Did I, I did I, I no I missed it. I skipped over C.D. Lamb. I guess okay. he's on the top of that one page. One of the we don't have to talk a lot about him, but just yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the better wide receivers in the league, 857 yards already. So I'm sure he's uh, one of those players who's going to get the Pro Bowl nod. Yeah, for sure. 64 catches as well. He he gets a fair share of targets for whoever's throwing the ball, which of course will be And he's a run, run after the catch guy. He is, for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, Big time. Do that. Keys to the game this week. Joe, as always, comes up with three of them. Let's start with the top, kind of break them down as we move forward. But uh, obviously, uh, get the uh, get the run game going has been key to the Colts' success this year. Joe, why would it be any different? It can't be any different this week. No, I mean, specifically because you don't want to pass against this Dallas uh, pass rush and the, the way the Colts have been blocking this year. The Colts are still, they're 13-1-1 when Jonathan Taylor runs for 100-plus yards. It's not that complicated. Um, the Cowboys have allowed 119 rush yards in their eight wins, 165 rush yards per game in their three losses. So if you can run the ball on this Cowboys team, um, you're going to have a better chance at finding success. You really are able to throw a wrench into the cog of their machine. That works really, really well when your offense can stay on the field and their defense has to stay on the field. Like it, it, it seems stupid for me to say because it's obvious and it's true for every team in the league. The more their defense is on the field, the more tired it's going to get. And usually the better your offense is doing because you can stay on the field. But, Chap, for a team that has this working all year and, and has been very good at keeping their offense on the field, keeping their defense off to give them a rest, once you put them in an opposite situation, you never know how they're going to react. And in the fourth quarter, when things are tight, when things are tough, the team that has uh, kind of the uh, more grit at that time is going to come out with the win. And, and, and it could be anybody. It completely depends on how the week has gone, how the game has gone so far. So that, that gives you a chance. It gives you a chance if you kind of flip the script on the Cowboys and keep their defense on the field with a strong running game. And we've seen a, a stronger commitment to the run with Jeff Saturday. We, we've seen the yards have been not off the charts, but I think the, the attempts have been there where they, they've kind of stuck with it. This past game was just so strange because they got nothing going. What was it the first half? They had 70 yards, 71 yards. 
and, and if, if they're going to be able to do, you know, Joe's first key, then you've got to convert some third downs. Yeah. I mean, you can't get anything going if 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 you're not converting third and seven. You can't if you get into third and twelve against these guys. Good luck. But if you if you can be successful early on with with the run game, or a short passing game, and, and just stay on the field and get some continuity, that game, uh, the last game was just so strange because they were the offense was never on the field, in the first half the, the defense couldn't get off the field. So it, it's, they can do it. They, they've got the, the so-called formula to do it. But and on Taylor, we've been talking about this. Hold on to the ball. Man, he, he's, he's had three fumbles, and he had one last week. I'm yeah, sorry, he did. It should be. They gave it to Ryan because the quarterback didn't get the ball. Because technically, and yeah. That, that's baloney. So, and, and as we've talked, they've – They've all been in such critical, critical situations. First and goal to one. You know, if you're tackled for a three-yard loss, okay, it's second goal to four. Uh, so he, he, he just has to – and we were looking. I'd forgotten the stat, but at Wisconsin he had 18 fumbles. But he also had a zillion carries. I think he had four fumbles last year, I think, losing three. But he had, you know, probably 380 touches. These are things they've got to get fixed, and I think most of them are him. The one at Philly when when he was in the scrum, I think he did everything he could to go down, and they held him up. That was a great play by, by the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But the one this last week, that's on him. It just is. And they've got to get that fixed, and no, no matter whatever his carries and his yards are, he can't put the ball on the ground. I mean, I, 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 I know the – the thing in Philly about him trying to go down, and, and, and I get it completely. You're trying to go down, but you still got to hold on to the dang ball. Like, right. is, that, that's, that's my take on it. How many times we see on TV where guys are holding guys up, and the guy has just got both arms on it, and they can't rip it out? Mm-hmm. Like, so. You've got to. You've got to keep it. I, I, I know it's easy for me to say. <laughs> it's a lot harder for him to do, but, but you got to hang on to the ball. And that one, like the one, the one in Tennessee is, against Tennessee is the one that I can forgive because somebody's bending his ankle backwards and, and he drops the ball. You know, that, that's like, okay, I get it that uh, you're, you're getting hurt and you're getting knocked out for a week with a pretty fairly significant ankle injury. Okay, you dropped the football. You know, I, I, I get it in that scenario, but. Uh, the one last week with uh, the, the the exchange was awful, and the one I think against the Eagles was was just brutal as well. And then the the one on first and goal at the one uh, earlier this year, the one that you mentioned, Chap, was it's just a, a scenario that that it can't happen. Twenty eight fumbles cannot happen. Twenty eight fumbles team. in eleven games. Isn't, that's ridiculous. Yeah, isn't that, that that's not good? That is that is quite the opposite. It's amazing to me that they've only lost ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. <laughs> You look it on the bright side. There you go. Uh, they're they're recovering nearly uh, two thirds of their fumbles, so that's going well for them. Um, uh, Joe, as we uh, mentioned, that the Colts' run game needs to go well. Uh, on the other side of the football, you need to play complementary football on the defense and kind of uh, perform in the uh, quite the opposite fashion. Yeah, this this Cowboys team wants to run the football. They don't want Dak Prescott having to throw for three hundred fifty yards. We saw that. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before. Um, I forget when Dak's injury happened, but he was throwing for like three, 400 yards every game. The Cowboys were leading the league in yardage, but they weren't winning a lot of their games. That's not how they want to play with Zeke, with Pollard. 
You described it perfectly. It was a two-headed monster. Um, Dallas's only loss since Prescott's return came in Week 10 against Green Bay. In that game, Dak threw a season-high 46 times. He tied a season-high with two interceptions and had 58.7% completion percentage, which was his lowest since Week 1 where he got hurt uh, against the Buccaneers. So I get it, Dak. Prescott is good. CeeDee Lamb is very good. And so trying to say, yeah, make them beat us, maybe they will still beat them. But you have a better chance to win if Dak Prescott has to carry the load than if you just allow Elliott and Pollard to run all over you. And you need to make sure that last week, especially the first half run defense, like we mentioned earlier, was an aberration. Like Grover needs to step up, Buckner needs to step up, Zaire needs to step up, whoever it is. Uh, they, they can't let what happened in the first half last week happen here. because With then Benny Snell. Yeah. He hadn't carried the ball all year. Who? And like McFarland or yeah. whoever that was. Like yeah. was kind of busting some big plays, nine yards here, ten yards here. Yeah, it wasn't just Najee Harris all the time. And I'll say the, the run defense is going to be – it might help to get Quiddy back. He's a very good run defender. Yes, agreed. But it will hurt to not have Kenny Moore out there because for time to time he can definitely get beaten man coverage, but he is a stud against the run. Mm-hmm. Rodney yeah. McLeod's strong in run support too. He is too. Safety. Yep, yep, no doubt about that. Um, and, and then finally, Joe, uh, la- last key to the game, uh, when, uh, when you need some big plays, uh, somebody's got to step up and, and make it happen. We, you know, we've talked about it before. This offense has proven they are not good enough to consistently go on long, double-digit play drives um, and put the ball in the end zone. They need some big plays. Think about the Raiders game. Jonathan Taylor was able to break one and got a big play for them. They had just two plays of 20-plus yards against Pittsburgh that was the Michael Pittman jump ball at the end, at of, the the game. end of the game and then uh, Jelani Woods had a 28 yarder it'd be nice if he's able to play this week and kind of keep him going because that's encouraging to see out of your rookie well, their big plays were was in the return game yeah, yeah they flowers were. uh with the 89 yard kickoff and Rogers return had, and had a decent one yeah mm-hmm. several that I mm-hmm. think one was 45 I think that was yep. as long but he had several that were 30 40 yards mm-hmm. so um you're gonna need the special teams as well. Think how ugly the Steelers game would have been if it wasn't for those <laughs> special team kick returns. I'd rather not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we keep talking about the, the the deep passing. We talked to I talked to Reggie today about doing something on, on Alec Pierce, and he said, you know, the one thing that Pierce does really well is is the deep shots, and they're just not getting very many deep shots. And he said. You know me," he said. "I think we should take one one a quarter, <laughs> yeah. because if Go you watch wrench. if you watch the Pittsburgh game, those DBs in the quarter they were just squatting on short routes, mm-hmm. and, and, and until you have them back off, it's just tough to do that dink and dunk. They should take one a quarter. I, I get you got to have the pass protection to do so, but even still, you can take a three strap drop and just kind of lob it out towards the sideline, see if you get I can make a play, kind of like Pickens did on the other side. Pierce has kind of he's disappeared lately. I think teams have kind of figured out what he's good at and stopped him at that. He had a chance late in the game to make that catch. I get it. He had two defenders on him, but the ball still hit him in the shoulder pad. Uh, he had an opportunity to make that play, and he didn't. So they're going to need him to step up. I would love to see more jump balls for Pittman. We were kind of asking all year, where was that? They finally give him a jump ball, and guess what? Your six foot four, two hundred twenty pound wide receiver is able to come down with it. Wow. Yeah, so 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 give guys opportunities because just waiting for everyone to be wide open all the time clearly is not working this season. You're gonna have to have a little luck if you're gonna beat the Cowboys on Sunday to get like to to make a like a, a perfect quote unquote uh, scenario for for a deep shot. Like 
you need a lot to work well. And then we were talking to Pittman in the locker room the other day, kind of about this too. And somebody asked him why it hasn't happened. He's like, well, maybe we just need to try more, uh, <laughs> which was great. I loved it. Loved hearing that. But somebody asked him why it hasn't happened. He kind of hemmed and hawed a bit, but really the reason is everything needs to work. Like the quarterback needs to be looking there for that. The, the offensive line needs to protect. Well, the receiver needs to get off the line of scrimmage. Well, and the defense has to not have the safety over the top. They, you, you, you don't want to throw a ball deep into double coverage. So, like, everything needs to work exactly right to have the perfect, quote-unquote, opportunity for a deep shot. And then you say, well, you can't always just wait for the perfect opportunity. You need to take some chances here and there. So when, when you know that the defense is going to single high and you can maybe – take advantage of that on one side or the other. You need to take the shot then, even if it's not the perfect opportunity to do so. Like, if there's if there's a rush, the quarterback needs to evade it, which with Matt Ryan I know is easy, much easier said than done. Did you miss his 14-yard run at the end of the game? Yeah, I, I don't Longest run it. of the game? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Yikes. Um, like, when if the receiver is, is bumped on the line of scrimmage, is played press, he's got to beat it. He's got to beat it to have that opportunity. First play of the game, Sunday. First play will be a shot. You think so? Yep. Send send him deep. Send yep. him along. We're uh, we're we're put, putting it down right now. I mean, when you look at the wide receivers, all three of the top guys, even throw Doolin in there. They're all capable of making yep. big plays down the field. Paris has got the speed. He's made maybe a few Doolin big more plays. than any of them. Yeah, yeah, Doolin's done nothing this year. Doolin's man. got Absolutely the speed. Nothing. So much for my number one like breakout player or whoever it was earlier. Yeah, so we yeah. talked about in training camp. Yikes. Um, obviously, Pierce and Pittman have the height to come down with jump balls. So. I would just like to see more of those where it's kind of near the sideline and it's either my guy comes down with a terrific catch or nobody makes the catch. Pick, Pickens against Fashion. Exactly. Right. A, a little bit more of those, at least twice a game. And if you don't complete it, at least the defense has to think about that going forward. The story of Hancock Health is all about you and everything you need to live your healthiest life. Like Hancock Regional, one of the nation's safest hospitals and an independent health network with over 70 doctors at more than 30 locations around East Central Indiana. We're growing and evolving to help further your story. And we're just getting started. See all the ways Hancock Health and you can work together to make health possible at HancockHealth.org. So the Colts are 10.5-point underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys. That That's is a lot of points. A lot of points. So that that is... Like, people like to bet on the Cowboys. Like, people like to bet on Alabama in college football. So, Cowboys numbers are often inflated a little bit, but this Cowboys team has been good enough to, to cover a lot this year. Uh, the over-under set at 43.5, so you're expecting something along the lines of a, uh, like a 32-19 ball game, something around that that range. 30, sorry, that's a little bit too much. Um Besides that, so Colts like, can't score 19. Yeah, like 31 to, to, to 21, right around there. Can't score 21 either. There you go. Yeah, 30, hey, 30, 13. Seven, 30, 13. Seven field goals. Right? Hey, hey, if you score 20 points, you win if you're the Colts. You, you got to get to 20. If you if you score 20 points and Jonathan Taylor runs for 100 yards, you basically Starting win. Starting the fourth quarter, it was 17 to 16, which is the score I picked. Yeah, it was. How about and that? I thought there wasn't a chance in you anywhere know what? Right, <laughs> to get there. So Yeah. Um, but... But this week will be uh, not easy 
Uh, as we said, the, Cow- the Cowboys' one loss over the last six weeks was, was baffling. Uh, they were in control of that game against the Packers. Packers are no better than the Colts. No, they're not. I mean, they've got a quarterback that can make That's plays. the difference. Right. Yes. Completely. But defensively? No, they're not, they're they're not, not. very good. So, so that, that was a really baffling loss. So, well, and even so, that one went into overtime. It did, yeah. You're right. Good point. Um, but that's, that was the aberration over the last six weeks. You look at the, their complete body of work, and they've been a machine. They've been churning out wins. They've been churning out rushing yards. Their defense has been hol- holding teams down. Um, and that's I, the Vikings. Jeez. Vikings. What, what was that, 42 to 3? I think it was 40 to 3. That was supposed to be a good game. Two of the top teams in the NFC, and uh, that got ugly. I think Kirk Cousins came out like, I'm not sure he played in the fourth quarter. It's all about the NFC East this year, guys. All all four of those teams. They're the best four teams in the NFC probably right now. Now, Who knows? The the, the 49ers are playing playing really well right now. Yeah, that's like seven and four. You look at that, you're like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. But look at what they've done lately. This is a a topic for another podcast, but... The Niners are proof that you don't have to have the elite quarterback. Because yep. Garoppolo is not an elite quarterback. No. In any discussion. Nope. But everything else is so good around him. Yep. Yep. You need a quarterback that is coached up well, not to make stupid mistakes. And you would love to have a quarterback that can make huge plays, like big plays with his arm, big plays that no one expects, like is not normal quarterback to make a quarterback that can make throws that maybe only three or four other quarterbacks in the league can make you ask me they had that quarterback last year but that's that's completely he might be available in the offseason he might yeah here go (laughs) bring him back run it back how would that go over i would i would raise the banner uh but but that's just me obviously um, You're laughing, Joe. You don't think that's... I think there would... <laughs> if that happened, there would clearly be a glitch in the simulation. There clearly would have been a change in ownership of the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, yeah. that, that yeah. too. That primarily. Out of the fam- family. Completely. Family. Yes, right. yeah. Could, all of a sudden, we're gone. But anyway, all that to say... So many rabbit holes would go down when, exactly. the, se- when the season's spiraling. And, and, and don't, don't, uh, don't tweet me about uh, Carson Wentz and the uh, the coaching mistakes because I think if you have him for another year, you're able to coach him better throughout the offseason, even if you think he made a lot of mistakes, which he did down the stretch last year. I'm, I'm not down like, It would have been, exactly. It, it would have been better this year. I'm telling you, it would have been. A- anyway, where I, I, I can't keep going down this this stupid but rabbit you do. hole. I can't, but I do every week. Every dang week. I, I find a reason Syracuse? to bring it up. He, he did he? not. No, he did not. He's a big sky boy, though, up there in North Dakota. Maybe he took an online class or something. There's got to be yes. some reason Dave likes he drove him. Through, he drove through Syracuse one time. <laughs> yeah. I, I like him. Be- said, this is a nice I like, yeah, I like him because he's a good quarterback that makes throws that two or three other quarterbacks in the league can face. And if you have 27 and 7, uh, like, you, you should have enough people other than him on your team that can make big plays as well. And, and for some reason, three teams have said, I said no, posts. exactly. You're right. You, you are right. It's it's. It is the strangest dynamic that I can think of in a long time in this league. Anyway, let's get to our predictions so we can... Let's, uh, no, let's keep talking let's about Let's keep talking about Carson. It's yeah, pretty I'm easy sure. to tell when we don't want to talk about the game. <laughs> I know, right? Like This is definitely one of those weeks. I'll start off, then Joe, and then Mike can wrap us up. But my prediction is going to be Cowboys 27-10. to 10. Uh, I don't know if the Colts' offense can can get things going against this this Cowboys' defense. If they do, it will be on the run game. And it will be like if I think the if the Colts can pull it out, 
it would be something like a, a like a 17-13 ball game if they com- control the line of scrimmage, if they are able to to keep the Cowboys on their heels, um, and kind of like I said, kind of flip the script on them and uh, keep their offense off the field. It would be something like that. But I think the Cowboys their their offense has been has been too good to really. Uh, r- rely completely on that. So, if the cow, if the if the Colts go and win this game, it wouldn't stun me. It really wouldn't because like this is the kind of game that they win, like a game that everything's against them. Kansas City, exactly. That no one's thinking that they're gonna that they're gonna do it. Um, but I, but I'm not picking it. I, I guess I'm just not that brave to do it. So I'm I'm going Cowboys twenty seven to ten at the end of the day. The Colts uh, drop uh, another one, drop their uh, six out of seventh, and uh, even fall further back uh, in the the AFC. Or move standards. higher up, exactly. Or move higher up if you keep. You, you never and, uh, know. It would depend on what you're rooting for there. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I I, I want to take the Colts. It's one of those where all the you know everyone on the panel takes the same team. Oh yeah, and then so it, it yeah. jinxes it but exactly. It's uh, I, I guess I'll root for that. Capitulate, yeah. And not, uh, I, I'm taking the Cowboys twenty-four to thirteen. You got me in the middle of a drink. <laughs> not heavy enough drink. I've got twenty-seven sixteen, and these guys have got. And I would love to see the Colts win just to see Jerry Jones <laughs> deal with it afterwards. I think mm-hmm. that'd be cool. But with the way the Colts are. I, when I'm picking their score, I'm thinking, okay, a touchdown and three 50-yard field goals. I think that gets me to 16 or 17 or whatever it is. Uh, until they get the offense fixed, it's just too much on the defense, and they can't get the offense fixed until March and April. So, yeah, it's just too much. And I think the defense plays reasonably reasonably well, but there's going to be some bad plays by the offense because that's what Dallas does. I think it's 27 to 16. You're going to think, boy, was it that close? It is Sunday night football this week, an 8-20 kickoff under the primetime lights, Colts and Cowboys in Jerry World, which is a heck of a stadium if you if y'all have never been there. To. Yes. I'm not saying bucket list, but it's really pretty cool. It is. Uh, absolutely. One of the cool, cooler stadiums that I've been in, I've been fortunate enough to go to and see a ball game. Uh, in my life. So uh, for news and notes throughout the week, follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. We'll update injury statuses and all that there. Uh, individually, I'm at Dave G underscore sports. Mike is at M Chapel 51. We do appreciate you listening and we will talk to you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.